Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY, and you can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob, and I'm a Fudo fan on Instagram and on Twitter, and have a blog at fudofan.com. And this is episode 36. And Jacob, we, we are only here because of our listeners, and our listeners are really kind, and they've been writing reviews for us. So I'd like to just head into our reviews if you don't mind. Sure, let's do it. All right.、Um, the first review says Window into the Wonderful World of Japanese Stationery by、uh, Alpen Glow 76 via Apple Podcasts from Great Britain.、Um, Alpen Glow writes, An extremely absorbing listen from two passionate Tokyoites, Jacob and CY, about Japanese fountain pens, inks, and paper. If you listen to this podcast, be prepared to lose yourself in an absorbing universe of Japanese stationery. I particularly enjoy the episodes where the various pen and ink shows in Japan are reviewed and the industry reports on Japanese companies such as Sailor. It's great that you guys also mix things up. By inviting guests on some of the episodes like Alessa and Quay to add their own unique perspectives. Thanks so much to Jacob and CY for producing such an entertaining podcast, especially in such a challenging time for us all. P.S. I appreciate that you guys have kept the podcast free from ads and other commercial content, as I'm aware producing podcasts costs time and money. Thank you very much, Alpin. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. And,、um, you know, we always. At least for me, I, I just feel that it's, it's weird to,、um, you know, when, when you run ads on a podcast, you're basically saying, hey, please give me money for somebody else's product. I always thought that that was a bit weird.、Um, we, I guess we are evaluating how best to approach、um, monetizing the podcast. You know, we, we do want to, to、um, make it worth our time as well, and we're looking into that. But in the future, Um, we'll probably set up some kind of a community、uh, where we'll have like some extra incentives and stuff like that. But for now, the way that you can pay this podcast is by writing reviews and,、uh, and giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much. Yeah, that's it. All right. This second review,、um, I'm almost tempted to have you read it, but,、uh, um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. But I might pronounce something wrong. Okay. So、sure. you can help me out. So. This review is from Rio Bernard via Apple Podcast from Sweden. Okay. And,、uh, and he says, Invaluable insights. Five stars. He says, I'm running a Swedish online stationery store selling only Japanese items. This podcast is invaluable to me, providing great insights directly from Japan in a format that even a beginner can listen to. Thank you for making my work both more easy and more fun. Robin, comma, Komadori. Okay. I don't know what this is, Komadori. What, what, what does that mean? Komadori. No, I'm I not mean, sure. They, they wrote it in, in alphabet, <laughs> but I'm just wondering.、Uh, oh, maybe that's their store name. Oh, yeah, could be. Could be. Yeah, it looks more Japanese than Swedish to me. Okay, okay, okay. Just making sure I was not,、um, <laughs> not butchering anything there. All right. And, um, and I'm back from Hokkaido. Jacob had a very fun adventure in Hokkaido.、Um, and so I hope you don't mind if I just jump into some of the things that I found there. 
Yeah, I, I followed your stories and clearly you had a lot of fun while the rest of us worked as usual. Yeah, so um, in Hokkaido, um, there's actually not much to do in terms of like pen and stationery. There is, of course, um, JR Central um, Fujimaru, and they have a bunch of limited uh, sailor pens in the slim version. But this time I went uh, to Hakodate, which I would argue is probably the second most well-known city in Hokkaido outside of uh, outside of Sapporo. It might have something to do with a Shinkansen station. Yes, uh, which, by the way, is actually not in Hok- uh, Hakodate. Um, but I I went there. I was like, hmm, I wonder if there are any stationery stores here. So I searched, and lo and behold, uh, the one of the biggest um, places where you can get local inks called Ishitabungu. And yeah. they're, they're actually pretty famous, um, you know, just across Japan for having their own line of, one of the first really to have their own line of um, sailor inks. But Ishitabungu is in a city just, just north of Hakodate called Hokuto. Mm. Now, um, I have to make a small detour from the pen-related uh, information. But basically, uh, if you followed my stories, you'll see that I posted a bunch of stories about this weird-looking, creepy, like, monster <laughs> sitting on the Shinkansen. So, apparently, this monster is called Zushihoki, which is the official mascot of Hokuto City. Now, um, to describe this this monster, it's supposed to be a shellfish sushi that's really like um, white in color, except for the tail where it gets a little bit red. But the way that they drew the sushi is this really derpy-faced sushi. Yeah. And it's doing like all these crazy poses like riding... On top of the Shinkansen like a Godzilla. Um, that one know, just... in particular looked a bit suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Like just all sorts of crazy. I have like um, pictures where it's on like it's all fours uh, ru- running at you like like a, like a creepy monster. So Hokuto was deciding on uh, their mascot a few years ago. And I guess somebody entered this as a joke. And lo and behold... It won. So it is the official mascot of Hokuto, this little town above Hakodate. And of course, there was an ink to celebrate uh, Hokki. Mm. And um, it's called Hokki Rouge. And of course, I bought, I bought this ink. This was, it was too good. It was too funny. And, you know, the, the inks are, are using their um, older um, diamond vase bottles. Mm. Uh, and it just has this sushi printed on it. It's hilarious. <laughs> but this this is also a bit of a detour but these mascots are just ubiquitous in japan like every little town has its own mascots and some are more popular yeah. than others of course uh, uh, in kumamoto the, the kumamon is, is yeah breakout hit yeah kumamon is is popular everywhere whereas i had not heard of hockey right before before i went to hokkaido but i, I will definitely remember hockey yeah. Um, 
But you bought some. Uh, I mean, you you said that you were a pilot fanboy, so you bought another pilot. Well, so in the last episode, I talked about how I went to that um, pilot event at Idoya, right? And uh, one of the things they did at this event was that they had all kinds of pilot pens inked up that you could test, and not just like the, the, the cheap, the cheap Preras and whatnot. They also had like custom Arushi, they had some Amikis and so on. So I tested all kinds of pens, including pilots like Silver. I'm not sure what it's called also in Japan, like Sterling Silver Collection or something like that. But in Japan, it's called Silver, so this uh, the, the the silver pen, right? And I've never really used that pen before, but I, I suddenly I realized that this this is a Jacob pen, right? It's the section is just really perfect for me. It's it's a very comfortable to hold, and um, because of the material, it has a nice heft, nice to to write with. It has a most satisfying like, snap cap, and mm-hmm. um, unlike that terrible coned cap we talked about last time, and. Um, and uh, it it looks great, right? The the, the 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 silver with this this one has the, the tsumugi patterns. I, I I realized I really like this model, but those pens are quite expensive, especially if you buy them like at, at full MSRP, which you would do at Itoya, right? I think I think they're over over fifty thousand yen. So I've been looking yep. um, for these models on second hand markets, and like this week, I found one listed on Kingdom Note. So we talked before about how like every day around noon, Kingdom Note updates its list of like, new second-hand pens that they're selling, like, the new arrivals. And there are so many people looking at that around the same time. You can see how the page load time is just getting slower and slower and slower because you know that everyone is looking at it. So once the page refreshes and you see the new pens, you Let's have to it. make a split second decision, right? You scan the page, preferably on a desktop PC because then you can see everything at once, right? So you quickly see everything. And um, and in, in this case, I saw a Pilot Silvern. I clicked on it. I didn't bother reading the description. I didn't bother looking at the photos. Uh, I just click add to, to cart. I clicked go to payment. I didn't bother using my points. I didn't bother using anything else. I just clicked through the whole checkout procedure as, as fast as I possibly could. And this time I managed to buy it. Because we have talked before about how even though you add something to the cart, even though you are halfway through the checkout procedure, after you decide on payment method or after you decide on whether to use some coupon whatever at that time someone else may, may buy the pen it's not reserved until you are well actually it's not reserved until it's shipped yeah no i've bought pens and then yeah. after i received the confirmation it got cancelled because somebody else was faster than yeah me. so so you don't know for sure whether you get it until you get a shipping notification basically right so so once you see something you want you have to just be as fast as you can and just like click through everything and buy it, which is what I did this time. So I got one for a what I think is a good price. I think 28,000 yen. I mean, it's not like shockingly good price, but given that... That's you, pretty good. It's a pretty good price. And you know that there's a certain like mean quality you, you can expect from Kingdom Note. And they they they, they clean the pants. They even give you like a 30-day re- return. I, I, you, you get a lot for your money when, when you buy second-hand pants from Kingdom Note. So yeah, 
Yeah, so I, I managed to get the pen and I got the sh shipping notification and I got the pen and uh, it's been inked up and I, I, I even sold some other pens because I think this is, for this week at least, this is my favorite right now. I mean, it's pretty hefty too, right? Yes. yes. So um, I wrote, I put in the show notes, uh, secret, don't click until episode. Now, I want you to open that link. What is this? Okay. Oh, oh, I okay. wrote surprise. surprise. Don't click yeah, right. until episode. All right. So I bought this Silvern. Can you see it? <laughs> I didn't know this existed. That's right. I bought a Pokemon edition Silvern. Unfortunately, I paid MSRP because, you know, these are, are new pens. But this is a Silvern with a Pokeball on top on the cap. And there is a adorable little Pikachu... Um, on the barrel, and I just think this is hilarious, Jacob. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It is so interesting that they decided to do this pen. I mean, it's not surprising that they do a pen with a Pikachu theme. I mean, I mean that. I mean, of course, it's surprising they did it on this pen. Exactly right, because this is this is what it's like a serious person pen, right? This is a serious person pen with a Pikachu on it. Yeah, so they have a Rayquaza and a Charizard version as well. Um, and it, this is a U.S. exclusive, Jacob. You cannot buy this in Japan. I, I love this. As far I, I, as I understand, it's um, only 100 of each hand-etched Pokeball and hand-etched Pikachu on the barrel. I don't know who decided to make this pen, but I, I applaud them. I, I, this, this is... <laughs> yes. More of this pilot, please. We we'll, yes. we'll love this. And interestingly, on the on the product page, it says part of the pilot... X Pokemon collection. Okay. So I don't know if that means there's going to be more stuff here. It says durable, flexible rhodium nib. Uh, obviously, it, they mean ATK right, right. gold. But, you know, part of the pilot X Pokemon collection. So, so this seems to imply that more might come. I hope so. I, I certainly hope so. This is, this is fantastic. <laughs> Ah, this is great. This is great. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love this. Thank you, Pilot, for doing this. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bring it over once I, once I get it here in Japan. Sure. sure. Um, but this, I'll, but I mean, given that you, you, you are very anti-cartridge converter, I assume this won't be staying in your collection. Uh, this will go to Akane, I think. Okay. Yeah, and um, and then I, I've. Uh, talked about my love for the PenBBS um, 355 on the show before. Yeah. Um, I actually think PenBBS does really interesting stuff. Their their materials are really interesting. But I just really hate their logo. I really hate their name. Um, but I've been eyeing the 355 in Winter's Night. Mm. Uh, and Bainey finally decided to sell this Winter's Night. So I bought a, a 355 in Winter's Night. Mm. I bought a 355 in clear glass and then I bought their magnet filler I think it's the uh, 487 in Winter's Night mm. and I combined these pe uh, pens together to make one single um, kind of Franken pen I suppose with the magnet cap um, and the 355 body there's actually a bit of like uh, modification involved. You have to cut off parts of threads and stuff like that. So it's definitely not something that I would recommend to the listeners unless they're willing to take the risk. But this is really, you know, this was like together, I think I paid like $90 for this. 
Um, I think this is just as good as a Conid regular. Uh, and I mean, for me, maybe even better because I just like the shape so much. Um, but but, the... but, you, but you did something similar before, right? I remember this this orange one. Yeah, I did something um, similar before, but uh, I wasn't able to systematically cut the threads as well. This right. time, I think I really got it um, uh, perfect. And the thing is, once you cut threads, there's no going back, right? Like you, sure. you can't, you can't, you know, regenerate the threads. I do have to say though that the four eight seven, this magnet filler. I've heard a lot of complaints online about how it doesn't work, so I decided to try it, and I just can't get the magnet to to move. And you had the the test version of this, right? You had the the year of the rat version of this. Was that what? Did you have the same experience? Yeah, I mean, it did didn't work well for me at all. I mean, I I I, I like the fact that they that they tried it. Uh, I that's one of the things I like about PenBBS that it, they they try to make all kinds of filling systems. At least the first iteration of the magnet filler that I tried, it didn't. It wasn't very, very good. So mine is not a problem of it didn't work well. Mine is a problem of it doesn't work. <laughs> like it just, it won't move. It won't move. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyways, I've combined these pens. Uh, I'm very satisfied with this pen. Um, but you got also a package from uh, from Bainey, right? Yeah, so I can't remember if we talked about the calligraphy nibs before. I remember that you got when they, they were first sold on Etsy. That's right. Uh, I didn't get it that time because there was listed uh, in, in evening Japan time past my bedtime. So by the time right. I woke up, they were all gone. Um, but this time I managed to snag two of them. And they arrived very fast. I think it was in one week or so. I'm not sure what's going oh, on. Wow. But ship, shipping from China is for some reason very fast right now. Yeah, so these are... Um, they're basically Naginata Togis. I mean, I would describe them as close to sailors like NBs and Naginata Broads. And what we have called these fat nags before, although our friend Leo, he calls them flat as an ironing board. He he doesn't agree that they're really <laughs> Naginatas, but uh, I think that they are, they're like a Naginata broad, and I really like how they write. But more important, I'm so impressed that they managed to make a Naginata-style nib for $20. Yeah, I think... Um... So I had one of the these nibs. Mm. It's very well made. Yeah. Um, in terms of whether it is a naginata or not, uh, I remember a few years ago when um, when our friend uh, Catherine came to Tokyo and she showed us her uh, naginata that was ground by Nagahara on yeah. a Parker Fifty One. I I commented. Well, this is a very interesting nib, but I don't think I would qualify that as a nag because I think naginatas are defined by their roundedness um, on on the on the nib, whereas the mm. one that she showed us, which uh, Nagahara had done, was very flat. Um, I'm a bit undecided uh, as to as to how I see this, but the flatter the surface, the better it is for writing kanji. I've noticed. But so, if you look at the Naginata MF, it has it 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 has it's a bit more architect like it's like like a speedboat, right? Right, right. While the Naginata Broads, or, or at least 
if you remember, uh, not long ago, I asked Nagahara yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to turn a coarse nib into... I specifically asked for like a Naginata or a Kaihasta Naginata B. And that one is also quite flat, yeah. right? So I'm wondering if it is a matter of an evolution in mm. his grinding style. Mm. Um, I'm curious to know if older NBs were also as flat because that one, it, um, it's it's almost like a zoom but sharper, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so I did a post about this yesterday and I got some interesting comment. One thing was that Apparently, PEMBBS are not the only ones doing this. So the two other Chinese PEM makers, Hongdian and also Kaigeru, they have both recently released like Naginata-style nibs. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I need to get my hands on those and, and try them. So I think that's a very interesting development that, that you have these Chinese PEM makers making affordable and at least in the case of PEMBBS, pretty good Naginata-style Grinds, and then I also asked Baini directly, uh, "How are these made? I mean, are they completely made by hand, or has Long found a way to somehow automate or this production?" And she said that they are made by machine, but they like the final polish is by hand. I think that being made by machine shouldn't be difficult for this nib because it's much more angular. You can you can see the angles right yeah. final polishing by hand that surprises i think nobody i think most nibs are actually polished by hand at mm. the end unless you're platinum mm. um oh oops was that was that shade um anyways uh but yeah I, that does not surprise me and mm. i think um because sailors are more rounded yeah and i you can't really machine grind like a rounder shape right i think because there's much more like margin for error so i think that's much better like mm. if you do it by hand so that's probably why sailor is still doing it by hand because I, I feel like theirs are a bit rounder right one more thing i would say about this calligraphy nibs is that a common complaint about Chinese pens, at least from like yeah, Western uh, fountain pen users, is that the, they have for the longest been available mostly in fine or extra fine nibs. Unless you count uh, food nibs, which the whole different things, right? So people have right. been asking for like, Chinese pens with more tipping, and this is exactly yeah, what this, this is. is the game changer. Right. Even if you're not specifically looking for a Naginata, what you have here is a PMBBS nib with a quite a generous amount of tipping. Yeah, totally agree. So today, actually yesterday I was very anxiously um, waiting for a package from, from our good friend in, uh, in San Jose. Mm. And so it arrived in this pen is the reason why I've been selling a lot of my pens, including my Conids, actually. And uh, so it was supposed to arrive yesterday, and it did not arrive in time. So I asked them to deliver it today. Again, they missed the delivery time, which was supposed to be in the morning. And finally, I called them, like, you know what? Leave it in my box. I have this, uh, I have it uh, kind of like um, a collection box or a bag that mm. they can use where there's a lock. So I told them to leave it in that. And I open it, and it is my first 
Arco Pen. Hopefully my last. Hopefully my last. What, hopefully why hopefully? my last. Because I can't afford these anymore, Jacob. They're too expensive. Um, and this one is a um, imitation. It's, this is a custom pen which was built as an imitation to the 139, but it's faceted with a um, with one of the old Montblanc ink windows. This is a very interesting pen. It's it's very large, very faceted, very bling bling. But um, but it smells so very good, like that nice celluloid smell. So sorry, what brand is this? This is a custom um, Francis Gossens pen. Mm, okay. So, uh, it's a lot bigger than I expected it to be. Um, a lot bigger than I expected it to be. But uh, it takes a 149 nib, so now I need to find a good nib uh, to go in here. Uh, that shouldn't be too hard. The 149s can, you can find it for a pretty good price on second-hand markets here. That is true, that is true. Um, but, you know, this is... The, you can't just put any nib on here, right? right. You can't just put a, a, an M in the in this pen. I don't think that would do it justice. You need to put, like, a really good nib in here. So, so, so I'm so, kind of a... Yeah. So how about the, a stacked 149 nib? A stacked 149 could be good if I can afford it, but I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to buying this pen. Well, you just need to buy, sell some more Conants and you'll be fine. That is true, but I don't have any more Conants to sell. <laughs> so, but this, this is very exciting. I've been waiting for this for, for a long time. It is just a piston filler. It is not a telescopic piston, which I'm actually okay with. Uh, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, I've not inked this up yet. This pen is, it's huge, Jacob. It's huge. I think you would like this pen. Except you, you don't bring like it next Arco. time. Yeah, I will. I will for sure. My only um, downside, I suppose, uh, I don't know how to disassemble this pen. So that is uh, that is the only strange part. But um, I'm sure you'll figure it out. I don't know if I want to, Jacob, because this is a this is was an expensive pen. So I don't think I want to risk uh, messing it up. But you know, I can see why. His pens cost so much money. I mean, this was in the multiple four digits. And yeah, easily the Gosh. most expensive pen that I've ever bought in my life. And I can see the appeal of Arco. You know, it, it's got this like um, holographic reflectiveness to it, which is which is very interesting. So I'll, I'll bring it next time um, so they can check it out as well. Sounds good. Yeah, but you don't like Arco. I don't think I've ever seen one in person. I've seen the photos. Yeah, it looks nice, but it's not really you know something I would spend money on. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a this is definitely a one and done kind of pen for me. It's like okay, I've had it. Um, I don't know if I'll keep it in the future, but this is certainly a very stunning pen. It smells nice. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So shall we move on to some news? Sure. Um, so we are now in the fourth state of emergency, which means absolutely nothing. 
Uh, I went to buy a new vacuum cleaner today in Akihabara and I swear it was packed. Absolutely packed. Feels like these um, state of emergencies are totally toothless. Uh, and we have the first positive um, COVID case inside the Olympic Village today. Oh, really? I didn't see yeah. that, but that doesn't surprise me. I, don't, I know there was one case was some some athlete from some country that tested positive on arrival, right? Yeah, the, the Uganda team um, tested positive on arrival. I mean, I think these some of these people, not necessarily athletes, but some of these people are so stupid. Like, I think four, four or five people were caught, um, like, last week doing cocaine in Rapongi. What? Why would you do that? That I That's like a death penalty. Like that that is a death penalty case in Japan. And I'm sure they're not going to be executed, but still like why would you do I mean, just the risk of being arrested abroad where you don't know your rights, you don't know the language, right. you have no family. That that just sounds so crazy to me. I think it's funny and yet not the slightest surprising that that they ended up doing it in Rapongi of all places. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I mean, it's just just absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, the the situation is getting out of hand, um, and I, I guess we're not going to do anything about it until uh, until after the Olympics. The third state of emergency just ended recently, right? So it's... Right. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they come and go and um, at the same time uh, vaccinations are not happening as fast as people would have wanted to because now there are problems with like, shortages. So where I live, for example, the original plan was for people uh, aged 59 or younger to be, to be able to make a reservation from August. But now the city is saying that uh, we don't have enough doses from... We haven't received enough doses from the government, so it's a TBD for now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's totally crazy. Um, but I think we both agree that Tokyo Pensha will probably not be affected by this. Right. Even if there were to be a fifth state of emergency, they would probably not cancel, right? I, I agree. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, pretty toothless. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, like, yeah, I, I've got no words for the, for for them. But at least by by November, I think there's reason to expect that a reasonably big chunk of the population has will have gotten there, at very least at their first dose. Yeah, the problem is that like I want to go to Hong Kong, right? Mm. Like I want to go back. To Hong Kong, so I can I can take care of some of my errands that I need to do. Mm. And with this, they're probably going to classify Japan as a dangerous place where um, where you have to quarantine if you're coming in from Japan. And that I mean that's a, that's an issue for me, right? Like I mean, it's not without reason. I have a <laughs> I have a, this year have to take two PCR tests already <laughs> because. Of, um, because of uh, people getting um, infected at work in the office. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Um, so, we also have some news from Wagner. I mean, Morrison said the most 
strange cryptic email the other day. You want to explain about that? Yeah, so so he has his pen clinic, which is not quite Wagner, but it's closely associated with, with Wagner. And he's been running his pen clinic for three years now. So he now has announced a third year anniversary pen. A pen clinic, third year anniversary pen. So the first anniversary pen was that light blue platinum president, if you remember. Yes. And the second anniversary pen was that green um, 3776 with that Star Trek Naginata, if you remember, last yep. year. And um, and this year, uh, it's not a platinum, but it's a fine writing international. It's a fenestro uh, with, with a, a wooden version of it. For some and reason, sorry, um, right there, you said it's a fine writing international. Do we want to also note that um, Morisan says there will be no more 3776s in the future. I actually missed that part. Tell me about it. I think Morisan said that um, this year's uh, 2021's Wagner uh, pen, which is uh, the Grage, I think I read in the email that um, this will probably be the last 3776, and I don't think, um, I think he said that they won't make any more 3776s. Very interesting. I have to go back and read that. But I do remember reading on his blog that, that it's increasingly like difficult to for him to, to, to custom order 3776 pens. Uh, right. Just a few years ago, he was able to do, do, do this, like order like 200 and with like five or six different nib options. Everything from like... Yeah, soft fine to to music to course right and then for the last like two years i think he's only been able to get m nibs and very recently he complained that it's uh, ordering small lots is increasingly difficult so yeah maybe the writing was on the wall that that this is this is uh, something that won't happen in the future yeah and um so so speaking about this Fine Writing International pen. This looks a lot like the Fine Writing International 10th anniversary pen, right? It's a size 5 nib. Yeah, it's got a size 5 nib. Uh, I'm not sure why he chose that, but he wrote that uh, he thinks those are softer and he likes uh, working on those. He says that he can do grinds on these number 5 size nibs that he previously could only do with Platinum SF nibs. And... um. He claims to have invented a nib grind. Yeah, he says... He basically says he made the the world's first uh, soft cursive italic. Which is not true. So, yeah. Um, But it's only one one prototype grind so far, and he says he's hoping that he'll be able to to offer this. Yeah, how strange. I mean, how... What a strange thing to say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure what to say about that. Uh, but I also wonder, like, we know of at least three pens now um, that he has sold or he has commissioned with number five size nibs. So in addition to this pen, it was that single color ebonite pen. That we didn't. I don't think we even covered that on a podcast, but he sold that a few months ago and that had a number five size nib. 
and then this upcoming uh, platinum glamour style like chubby pen that he's been talking about right. is also going to have a number five size them. I wonder if that has to do with like, gold prices or if it's just that he prefers this nib now. But I mean, he's selling them with steel nibs, though. I mean, I mean, he sells stuff with steel nibs a mm. lot of times too. So I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. And um, you wrote Sailor times 10 in the show notes. What is this? Yes. So one week ago, Sailor released um, something called Sailor Prophet Junior Plus 10 uh, and Minamo. So this is a this is a set containing a Sailor Prophet Junior and a converter and a small ink bottle. And there are a few things that are interesting about this release. So first of all, there are three different versions. There's one with a red ink, there's one with a blue ink, and there's one with a green ink. And the ink bottles are 10 ml. I'm not sure if I've seen that from Sailor before, but we have talked a number of times about how popular these glass bottles from Tamiya are. So when people trade inks in Japan, they often use these 10 ml Tamiya Kakubin bottles, right? And even retailers like uh, Kobayashi and Usagia, they sell ink samples in these 10 ml bottles. So I wonder and I suspect that uh, sailors choosing to sell inks in 10, in 10 ml bottles has something to do with the popularity of the, the Tamiya bottles. Have you seen 10 ml bottles from Sailor before? Um, what's the size of the inks, um, the ink studio? I think that'd be, I think they're like 20, something like that. I could be wrong. Yeah. But, but these are definitely maybe, smaller. Maybe. So, so they're not the same size? That's, that's, okay. Yeah, and okay, then, I, okay, so they're 20 milliliters, yeah. Yeah. The other interesting thing is that this is going to be the first of a number of, um, Prophet Junior like ink set releases. So this is just the first one. It says it's a limited edition and it's going to be more of these in the future. And the, the theme of the first edition is right there in the name Minami. It's sort of Minamo. So things around the water surface is sort of the theme. Um, and that's why they choose these three inks. So there's a red ink called Shirokuma, so polar bear. I'm not quite sure why they choose red for polar bear. <laughs> Maybe you have a theory about that. Um, uh, no, I think in Japan, polar bears are red. <laughs> Maybe they are. Maybe they are. And then there's a green ink, which is called... Um, no, sorry, there's a blue ink called Hakcho, so, so swan. Um, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, the water is blue, I guess. I don't know why they choose that color. And then there's a green ink called crawls, as in swimming, which right. seems so random. So you have two animals and then crawling. <laughs> and, and why is crawling green? <laughs> I don't get that either. And uh, they're yeah. also just re-bottled inks, right? They're yes. not new inks. That's the, that's the third thing that's interesting. Yes, so these are actual Sailor Ink Studio inks. I think it's 230, 840, and 464 that, that they have just re-bottled and come up with nice new new uh, labels for. And I'm not sure why they chose these three because there are so many interesting inks in Sailor's Ink Studio line, right? But these, four, these three, 230, 840, and 464, they are like... 
basic green, basic blue, and basic red. I you would think that they would pick something a bit more exciting, but I don't know. But this seems popular actually. So I went to, I mean, we both went to Models Den yesterday and I managed to buy the inks separately. So the, so the ink set is available separately, but the Prophet Junior set with a pen and converter and ink was all sold out. Right. So even though it, it, that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to us, it maybe it resonated with the intended customer, which seems to be like first-time buyers, right? Because you get you buy a set that has everything you need to get started. So maybe maybe this is going to be a success for a sailor. Yeah, and it's it's cute. It's easy to buy, uh, as you said. Everything is just all there. I think it's an easy like entry point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's probably really good. By the way, while we're on the topic of Sailor, there's one other Sailor release that we didn't cover before, but I think it's interesting enough to talk about. So in April, Sailor released something called Profit Casual. And Profit Casual mm. looks like a normal like Profit 21 or Profit Standard. I think it's available in like black and burgundy. It looks very traditional. But unlike Profit 21... Profit Casual is a steel nib. And you might ask, you know, right, why, right, right. why bother releasing this when you have Pro Color and when you have other steel nibs? But what's interesting, as I discovered today, the Profit Casual has all the, all the nib options that you have with the gold nibs, including Zoom, and, oh, zoom music. and Music. I don't think I've ever seen a steel Zoom nib before. I didn't know, I'm not sure if they ever existed, but here you can buy... A profit casual with a steel zoom nib. So, how much does it cost? The uh, the regular uh, all the nibs other than zoom and music are five thousand five hundred yen. So basically the same price as uh, Platinum's Procyon, but the zoom and uh, music are seven thousand seven hundred yen. So just like with the gold nibs, you're paying extra for zoom and music. So my question is, is it worth paying 5,000 yen more to upgrade to the Profit Lite, which is the same model with the same clips, but it has a gold nib. Yeah, that's an interesting question. And, and Profit Lite is, as we covered in our uh, Ancora episode, it's another new model, which basically replaces the recently <laughs> discontinued Promenade. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and, and I, I feel like they... For a moment there, there was some clarity and simplicity to say this lineup. Now it's all confusing again. They're so close to each other in price point. Like, I'm just wondering, why have a profit light, a profit standard, which is like 3,000 yen yeah. in difference? And then you also come up with, yeah, casual. I, I think it's weird. It is, it is. But it is interesting that they sell yeah. steel nibs with, uh, yeah. with zoom tipping. Um, maybe we can cut here to talking about uh, how Sailor does their business model in terms sure. of like exclusives, and then we'll end on uh, the last uh, drill lock topic. Sure. So, um, I've been hearing you know from here and there other podcasts. You know, a lot of people uh, seem to be getting like Sailor fatigue uh, hmm. because Sailor is seems to always be releasing like you know, pen after pen after pen, and it's just really hard to keep up. And I, I keep hearing the sentiment um, around me. Uh, you know, people are, are saying, 
I wish Sailor uh, released this into their general lineup and made it more widely available. So specifically, for example, the Black Cat, right, which was limited to 100 pieces, sold out mm. literally instantly. Right. Um, you know, why don't they just introduce that into the standard lineup? You know, um, sell like 2,000 more of them, but reduce the price from 600 to 500 or something. You know, so <laughs> from from a consumer's point of view, I do understand that it looks like sailors trying to really capitalize, like they understand what they're doing uh, and capitalizing on this FOMO aspect. Um, what do you think about this phenomenon? Do you think that's what sailors doing? Do you think they're like intentionally writing this? Well, so first of all, I think prices have gone up even for the standard models um, quite a bit. And I think a big part of that has to do with the gold prices, right? So if you look at the gold prices in, in Japanese yen, it's been around like the 4,000 to 5,000 yen range for almost 10 years. And then suddenly like this year or like, like last year, they jumped to, to 7,000. So that is, that is, of course, a big difference to them. So they have to bump the prices across the board. Now for the um, limited editions, I think that's, I think that's, that's the name of the game now. And I think part of it is that the uh, retailers are asking for it because I think that is how a retailer survives in the age of Amazon, right? There's no real reason to buy something from Hachimonja instead of buying from Amazon if, if, this, if Amazon has the same product for 30% less. Yeah, I agree. And... Um... I think a lot of people don't understand that like it's actually not Sailor that's releasing these pens. Mm. It's retailers asking Sailor to develop something special yeah. for their their company so that they can survive. Yeah. And I think this is really interesting um when you look at like you know, we always say, oh, wow, brick and mortar stores are so strong in Japan uh, you can still go into shops and like see like a bunch of pens whereas in the US everything is kind of like conglomerated into like your Target or like Walmart right mm. and I think on one hand like there is a sense of okay there's like FOMO but on the other hand you know these store exclusive in store exclusives in limited runs is kind of how these stores survive and i'm yeah. actually pretty okay with them them doing that right like it's it's a interesting business model and the thing is if you're talking about like smaller stores and retailers ordering these pens then you can't order like 5000 of these pens at once right because you have to be more conservative in in how much you order because otherwise your inventory is is going to just explode and you won't be able to keep mm. a healthy cash flow so i think for these like stores their top of mind isn't oh how can i meet all of the demands of like you know hundreds of thousands of customers you know, in the U.S., their, their main demand is how am I going to get rid of my inventory once I have it in? Right. And it's just much safer for these companies to to do them in limited runs. I think what Hachimonja 
and um, Pentanota do, which is you know restock every now and then. That's that's pretty good. But you know these pens are going to be limited because the people who are running these stores and ordering these products, you know, they don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to to spend on that. Mm. You know, they're they're probably like you know mom and pops shops. Exactly. Whereas if you look at Nagasawa, right, when they do limited editions, they do them in much bigger quantity, yeah. right, like out of five hundred or something, and they're able to do that because they've been around for one hundred and fifty years, one hundred and thirty nine mm. years, and they've got a huge um, presence. They've got a huge brand. They've got like five stores around around Japan, so they're, you know, they're they're still family owned, but at the same time. They're able to to make those bigger risks because they have such a diversified um, portfolio. If you go to Nagasawa in Kobe, I don't know if you've if you've ever been before, but the fountain pen corner is actually pretty small. Right. They have a lot of customers. They have a lot of customers um, buying like books and like other stationery and like bags and things like that. And of course, we know them for their their station their fountain pen corner but you know they're just a much bigger enterprise they're, they're like mm. a medium-sized business and this this ties in nicely to another kind of common complaint is that why, why don't all of these retailers sell their pens online well the reason is that they don't they want people to come into the store like even retailers that do sell um some pens online like usagia and hachimondia they they reserve a portion of the inventory for in-store sales only because they want to have foot traffic to the stores, right? Yep, yep. Um, so, like, and I understand this look because if you bring people into the store, then they might buy something else. Yeah. And this this gets to, like, the next topic that I wrote, which is, I think when you're buying these pens, you have to think, why am I buying, like, this mm. because if you're buying them just to collect all the the colors of the rainbow you know maybe that's uh something that we we need to look at in terms of our our habits if we're buying them because we like and we enjoy this particular aesthetic mm. i think that's great right i think like understanding why you're actually putting that money in and it might be for using or it might be for collecting you know i think those are both valid but what's important is to understand and make sure that you're buying because it's making you happy not just because you need to fulfill it as a number in your collection right i'm not really a collector of anything myself so i don't really have that mindset but i understand that usually when you're collecting you there's a, there's a certain like theme or a pattern that that you're following. So if you right. are a pilot collector, then usually you might be interesting interested in all the anniversary pens or some particular vintage pen with all the nib options. Or even if you are a like a Sailor Pro Gear collector, maybe you're interested in, in like all of Kingdom Notes uh, like Sea Slug pens or whatever. Usually, you ha- there's there's a theme to it, right? Yeah. But you can't, you can't, and most people at least can't collect all possible pro gears because there are just too many of them. You have to decide what you are looking for, and you have to have that self control. Right? Yeah. It, it's not, 
it's not sailors' fault, or it's not like these retailers' fault that they're you know releasing all these pens in very limited quantities, and, and therefore you're feeling FOMO because that's what they need to do, and they're not trying to make you feel FOMO, right? That like they're releasing their special pens because they need that to survive and have customers come into the the shop. Yeah. And if you like that pen, you should buy it. But if you're buying it just because you're, you know, collecting all the pro gears, you know, that's a habit that we've got to fix as consumers. I think. Yeah, it, it, it's a game you can't win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, you're never gonna win this. I mean, they're going to release <laughs> new pens. There's things that you can't buy, yes. and and I think that's okay. I think that's that's totally okay. Yeah. Um, talking about things that you can't buy, though, uh, until very, very recently, you could not buy this pen outside of Japan, and that pen is, of course, Drillog. Yeah, so they finally uh, opened their Kickstarter, and as far as I could tell, they uh, they met their funding goal on the first day, I believe. Or now they're way, way above their funding goal. What I found interesting was that their the bar was pretty low, so they the goal was... 1.8 million yen and I think this ties into the discussion we had a few episodes back where you asked me why do they even do this Kickstarter in the first place right if they need to raise capital I mean 1.8 million yen I'm not sure how much that does for them can't even pay somebody's salary yeah exactly right so I think this again shows that this might be mostly uh, marketing more than anything else but what I'm wondering is if if they're gonna have a problem now because they're gonna get um, they're gonna get more orders, more supporters than they have and had anticipated, uh, and I think that could be a problem for at least two reasons. One is that they, as they are mentioning themselves on the campaign page, uh, there's only so many of these nibs they can make at any point in time, so there's gonna I mean the more, there's gonna be delays. <laughs> the other thing is. They're not really good at communicating in English, and the more the more backers you have, the more comments you're gonna have, the more co- questions you're gonna have. I don't think they have people that can really do the do the social media side side of things and take care of it. I fear that there's gonna be some complaints that they don't they're not communicating as much as they should, mainly because I don't think they 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 have the capacity to do that. Yeah, they kind of dug themselves into a hole, right? Yeah. Like they Okay, so from a business perspective, um what like the board looks at, what the executives look at, what um what the uh the investors look at, more than your bottom line is your year on year growth. Um because it shows sustainability, it shows future um potential. And of course, your bottom line is important, but a year-on-year growth is really, really important. And it's also important because if you have um, a massive growth this year, but you know that you can't keep it next year, how many people do you hire, right? So my concern is that there's a huge wave of interest of drill logs right now. Yeah. Are they going to be able to keep this up next year? Like, is this going to be a fad? And I think they, they, in my opinion, they should have done their international rollout more slowly, like Nakaya, mm. where they really limited the supply 
but they ensure that they can stay in business for you know the next five, ten, twenty years. Mm. Now they're inundated with like I don't know how many backers, and they've got to make all of these pens. And I'm just worried that everybody who wants these pens will have gone in the first wave, and then what do you do like five months down the line? So, so I'm a bit concerned about that. I agree also that it seems like mostly marketing. Um, they could have really just easily sold it direct, you know, take PayPal or whatever. Mm. And plus, now they have to pay this fee to Kickstarter. Um, but I, I will say that it, they did a good job on the marketing because yeah. you have like Figboot, um, who's who's reviewing it. You have like uh, obviously you reviewed it. You have um, Pen Addict who, who's reviewed it, Brad. So I'd say they they've done a good job at the marketing. Yeah. Now they really need to think about how to allocate their resources. Yeah, yeah, I I fully agree. I wish them all the best. I, I I'm just I'm just worried. I'm hoping I'm hoping that that they can keep this up. I'm hoping that they develop like, new models and that they get some like a retailer agreements or the distributor agreements and that and that this will be will be this will be the start of something. Um, by the way, when um, I, when they first contacted me on Twitter, they sent me a DM in uh, English, which wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> clear, like auto-translated or something like that. And then I replied in Japanese, and I was like opening the floodgates. And since then, they they, they keep sending me messages <laughs> all the time. So, yeah, I think they're struggling with English communication, and uh, I, I worry that this is going to lead to people in the comments section here complaining that they don't get the answers that they want from, from Drillog. Yeah, they. This is the difficulty with like international expansion, right? Not just mm. for Drillog, but for like all companies, is that unless you have a representative, so therefore you go through a distribution, a distributor, and have distribution channels, yeah. and they will do all of the marketing for you, or you have like salespeople who who can communicate with the market. Mm. It's just really, really hard. Um, again. Uh, time will tell if they have dug themselves into a hole. Time will tell, yes. We, we're hoping for the best. We wish them all the best. Yeah, and I think it's it's quite exciting. I mean, not often do you get like so much excitement around a single product, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. Especially, I mean, I mean, in Jap- at least in Japan, like glass pens or dip pens have, have are quite popular right now. I don't, I mean. Maybe I'm not just not aware of those communities, but I I don't get the impression that they are like that's as popular in like the, the kind of pen communities that we are aware of in the US and, and Europe. So with that in mind, it's interesting that so many people uh, want these Drillog pens. Yeah, um, I mean, and they're certainly very, very cool pens. Yes. Uh, I mean, we can all agree on that. For sure. All right. Um, do you want to end with just uh, one question? Do we have time for that? Okay, sure. I think we have time. This this is a short question. So, sure. Um, this question is submitted by Jake 
and they found us through the Panatic podcast, they think. It says, Hi, CY and Jacob. I am from Australia, and I was just listening to your episode on the Moonman T1 and where you spoke about nibs you put in them. My question is, where do you get all of your different nibs? Is there any online store that you could recommend to people in Australia or other countries? Thanks, Jake. <laughs> well, in my case... I'm mostly buying from like old pants from Mercari and Yahoo auctions. And if you want to buy from those marketplaces from overseas, you can use Zen Market or Buy E, I think. Now, shipping to Australia is a bit tricky. I think EMS is still not available. You can ship via Yamato, but I'm not sure that Zen Market and Buy E offer Yamato as an option. So you might have to pay expensive like DHL or UPS fees. Yeah. And then as for like where exactly I'm getting these nibs, I look for broken pens online. Uh, I look specifically for pens that um, are in bad condition, are broken. I can usually get them for cheap. Um, and, and yeah, like just keep a lookout. I mean, in Japan, there's a lot. But I know even on eBay, there there's plenty of pens that have like you know broken bodies, so they're trying to sell off whatever they can. Um, but yeah, just uh, different, I guess, secondhand sources. And um, and just one thing to add to that. So going back to how the episode started, I talked about these pen BBS calligraphy nibs. Although they are clearly meant for pen BBS pens, they are number six size. So I I put. Uh, I, I put that nib on a pen that takes a uh, uh, block nibs, and that works fine. Yep. All right. Um, and I guess uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. I think yep. we have a full episode. Um, yeah. And so thank you everybody so much. Uh, again, we'd really appreciate if you would write in a question, um, post a comment on our website at um, TokyoInklings.com, or uh, no, not or. And leave a review and uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcast. That would help us out so, so much. And again, thanks, everybody. We are looking forward to coming back in two weeks for the next episode already. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob, and I'm Fudafan on Instagram and on Twitter, and have a blog at fudafan.com. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.